I am Groot. 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 Hello and welcome to episode 138 of Under the Call of MS. Today we're going to do a little variety session. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Start out with the comic section. This isn't necessarily a comic, but it's done up in comic comic format with lots of great information. If you know anybody out there getting a tattoo, I picked this up really super cheap, so I figured I'd see what it looks like. And it's a great thing for anybody getting their first tattoo. It's a it's got a lot of stuff I tell people in here. A lot of tips, tricks, things so you can think your plans over and make sure you're getting what you want instead of regretting years later something that you have stuck on your body for the rest of your life. Even if you do cover-ups, you still see that underlying work one way or another. I don't care how good the cover-up is. I notice it. I see them every, every one I've done. I've watched tons of people do different types of cover-ups. I did a couple of cover-ups. It just, it's hard to just basically rework lines that were etched into your body. So certain shading, certain sunlight and stuff like that, you'll see it. So it's, don't think that you can just get whatever you want and just cover it up and be done with it in the future and with another tattoo you want or whatever. But there are lots of great tips in here and it's a fun little journey they make. Very cartoony and fun and she gives you lots of tips along the way. It's by Kate Leth. It's a tiny small book. Uh, but just Ink for Beginners, a comic guide to getting tattooed by Kate Leth, who will never hold a respectable day job. <laughs> but uh, it's fun to hear what she went through, how early she got a tattoo, which was very illegal for the year she did get it, the age she got it, but uh, that whoever gave her that tattoo back then should have never done it. You should not touch flesh until they're at least 18, but in my opinion, and by law in most states, but <laughs> uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, we're going to talk about some of their stuff, because I am Groot. I, I'm, I've been reading like crazy. I had appointments this week. I got piles of comics that I've been going through. So I got to get through some of these because I'm already forgetting what they were about. So I figured I'd mention them, give them shout outs. Uh, this was Guardians of the Galaxy number one best story ever. Not every day Peter Quill ends up in jail. Wait, never mind. This happens a lot. But he doesn't always get rockets stuck there with him. These are, this is a fun little quirky style story. Uh, if you want something a little bit different with the gang. Guardians of the Galaxy, see why they get locked up in jail. Quill and Rocket, and you'll see the other other characters from the gang show up and do their things. And Thanos is in here. But it, I enjoyed it. But it's not directly with the universe storyline or anything like that. These are just fun side comics 
and speaking about fun side side comics, uh, I did I Am Groot number one and number two by Marvel Comics. Checked out the first two issues. I'm not sure. I think this might be like a five issue or four issue run, but uh, it's basically Groot getting himself into mischief. The baby Groot, not the big Groot. And uh, ends up going into another dimension or another uh, universe area when he's flying the, their ship. And he ends up crossing over with a bunch of other strange characters that we've never heard of, goes in the lands that we've never heard of. And you just got to read to see all the mischief that ensues. And all the fun little characters that pop up. And these are uh, pretty, all pretty much meant to read just for fun. Don't have nothing to do with the main storylines or anything like that. Then I picked up Sharky, Sharky number three, which was a comic I reviewed a while back. I can't remember if I reviewed one and two or just number one. I got to look back to see if I haven't read number two yet or not. But in here, it's... Uh, more of the story going on. He's got a little bit more control of his his Shazam-style character, the kid that turns into Sharky. Uh, and it starts out with a... Like the other one, that's why I think I only read number one. I don't think I read number two, but it starts out with a... Like the other one I one or ones I reviewed where Blazing Glory has a comic in the beginning. You read the Blazing Glory, kind of a Captain America-style character. You read that comic for a few pages, and then it goes back to Shark and explains what's going on, and then some characters basically start attacking with zombies and stuff all over the place, and you see, like, the Blazing Glory character all zombified, controlling a bunch of these different characters. Uh, it's it's fun. It's still still comic I enjoy, and I will keep getting those as I see them. I picked up Terminator, RoboCop, Kill Human number one and two. Uh, I was hoping for this to be the complete run because these were only two I seen for sale at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get these. And, Get the whole story in two issues well of course i didn't but this is a very interesting story i want to go on with it because i love both the robocop and terminator comics over the years and this one uh the last living female human uh, is trying to take out the terminators comes into this um museum style place where there's all these different AI units and stuff, and the RoboCop um, characters are in there in glass, and she uh, gets into, she can hack different things. She's a computer hacker and stuff, and hacks in to get the RoboCop pistol, and then RoboCop uh, awakens, and all that, all kinds of stuff ensues. And the Terminators come in to attack her. And it's just, it's a fun storyline watching 
the RoboCop character realized that the other uh, AI units are, the Terminator units are trying to take out the human race. And he's like, no, you're not going to, I'm half human. You're not going to end the humans. There's some back in time stuff. And yeah, if you like those, check them out. Cause they're de- it was definitely a fun storyline. Then I picked up the Whedon three-way, not even paying attention to cover, realizing that it's a, a Buffy comic, number one, uh, season 10, season 10, number one of Angel Faith, and then the start of the of a new run for uh, Serenity and the clan. And I, this is what I wanted with the whole new Buffy run. So I'm guessing I never got into season 10 of Buffy or beyond. So I got to get a hold of those. But this was really fun seeing young Giles and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to check out more of those. And then same with the Serenity crew. I really like the way they started the story out with mail being off and everything that some humans trying to hunt them down, some trying to find them to save them. And it's just, yeah. And if you like Buffy, Angel, Faith, Serenity, Firefly, Cruise, Gang, check those out. Lots of fun. That's it for our comic, quick, quick comic rundown today. And we're going to get some MS stuff next. gonna get to some ms stuff i just i wish i could have got an episode out yesterday the regular split episode but i had a car appointment and a bunch of other stuff going on but i should have still threw at least a goodies episode or something out i don't know why i didn't do that since i still have some more to catch up on but uh yeah that's why i'm making up and doing a split episode today and then we'll go on see what else happens this weekend yet but for MS stuff, we need to train our brain a little bit. Scientists, scientists, <laughs> scientists once believed that the human brain could not change substantially after young adulthood. But that notion was debunked by scores of discoveries showing that the brain is, is dynamic rather than static organ. The adult brain is capable of forming new cells and undamaged neurons in the brain can sprout new nerve endings to link with other cells. Today, we know that the brain continues to reorganize itself throughout life by establishing new connections. The phenomenon enables the brain to compensate for function, loss to illness or injury, and rewire its activity in response to new experiences or changes in the environment. Rewired our brains a little bit. Rebuild our myelin for us, that'd be nice. To, To perform specific functions, 
Neurons in different areas of the brain form complex networks of interactions, known as functional networks. Following damage to a specific part of the brain, remaining parts within the same functional network can learn how to take over the functions that were lost. The brain recruits other uninjured regions within the same network to compensate for dysfunction caused by injury. Areas that receive and integrate information from many different senses, such as those involved in higher level cognitive functions, like memory, judgment, and decision, decision making, have great plasticity than those regions that receive and interpret input from only one main source, such as the area devoted to eyesight, the primary visual cortex. In MS, neuroplasticity is likely responsible for masking some visible symptoms of MS, especially early on. Evidence shows that following an MS relapse in which there is a loss of myelin, the protective covering that surrounds the nerve fibers, nerve fibers can recover some function by reorganizing their electrical properties. Functional magnetic resonance imaging, MRIs, is a tool researchers use to peer into the brain to determine which regions become activated when the individuals perform specific motor or cognitive tasks. Studies using fMRI may have found that because of neuroplasticity, the brains of people with MS are organized in different ways than the brains of people who do not have the disease. We're superhuman. This suggests that, that neuroplasticity may be involved very early in the disease process. And that this extra activation is one way the brain compensates to allow the person with MS to maintain motor and cognitive function for a period of time. Nevertheless, the brain's ability to adjust for accumulating damage in MS varies from person to person and among the different disease types. Moreover, neuroplasticity has its limits. The brain becomes less plastic with age and duration of the disease. Making a new neural connections depends on an individual's experience and environment. Activity as simple as exercising with a video game may create new neural pathways and improve motor skills. And they got the VR worlds just going off the hook lately. They're getting way better with the equipment that you, they're offering. I mean, if you got the money, you can get the little basket cage things. They got balls and all that run on uh, surfaces. So you can actually do running without destroying your environment or destroying yourself in your environment. There's just so many different things you can play around with nowadays. With the virtual gaming and regular gaming is great for the brain too, but it's a little more fun if you pick yourself up an Oculus or something like that. 
and most of the video gaming systems have some type of virtual connection also. Making new neural connections depends on an individual's exposure. <laughs> Sorry. Repetitive physical training enhances neuroplasticity, and that neuroplasticity is responsible for improved function. There's recent evidence from the labs suggesting that learning new motor tasks, anything that requires learning to move in a new way, such as a new dance step, actually builds new myelin. Not just physical training that imparts benefits, however, a cognitivity, cog cognitively stimulating environment can boost reorganization in the brain and may improve performance. <clears throat> Treatments designed to improve attention, memory, information processing, executive function, functions, and high higher level language processes actually increase brain activity and stimulate neuroplasticity. More importantly, people who engage in these activities improve their cognitive performance. To boost your brain, take a class, learn to play a musical instrument, or engage in some new hobbies. Future research is attempting to identify the most effective training strat strategies to stimulate neuroplasticity and improve functioning. Potential of plasticity-based adaptive computerized program to treat learning, memory, and problem-solving difficulties in adults with MS is on the way in the future, and they got some stuff going on now, some programs you can join into. And of course, with MS being so unpredictable, there are factors, there's other factors you can control too and try and back off the inflammation and all that from the MS. There's several lifestyle changes individuals can make to lessen the risk of progression or the risk of developing the disease in the first place. Cigarette smoking has been connected to lung cancer and heart disease, but they also say it's a high risk factor for MS. Uh, children and adults who breathe in secondhand smoke are also at a higher risk of developing MS, and the risk increases in proportion to the amount of exposure the individual has. Smoking worsens MS in people who already have the disease also. Smokers also progress to secondary progressive MS faster than non-smokers. And smoking may interfere with certain disease-modifying therapies for MS, including interferon beta and Tisabri, which is natalizumab. Uh, cigarette smoke, including passive exposure, raises the risk of infection, and infections can temporarily worsen MS symptoms. Even people who already have MS can benefit from quitting smoking. If people with MS stop smoking, they will immediately lengthen the time it takes to develop secondary progressive MS by an average of eight years compared to current smokers with MS. Basically, if you are a smoker, stop smoking or at least cut back as much as possible. It's just not good for you. Not good for our, our 
inflammation issues. It's like uh, Dr. Booster said too, if you're using marijuana, uh, THC, CBDs, and stuff like that, don't do the smoking forms of them. Do more of the edible, the liquids, the oils, the tinctures. That way it doesn't inflame your sensory system. Uh, talk to your doctor about help with quitting. There are many good options now, including nicotine patches, gums, oral medications, or you can do it like me, just quick cold turkey, suck it up. Just get through those first few weeks, and then it's not so bad, but you'll still, I don't care what you do, you're still going to save it for many years later at, at certain times of your life when sleeping, sex, waking up, uh, drinking, and a lot of things you do. Just You crave it at certain times, and that never that takes a long time to go away if it does go away at all. Being overweight or obese heightens the risk of developing MS for adolescent girls. I think it would work, would affect boys just as much. But in a lot of these studies back in the early days believed that MS was more of a woman's disease. Well, it was a white woman's disease for many years, and now it's uh, people of color are becoming more more known for it, which makes more sense because you would think a darker skin color would allow less vitamin D into the body, and that's a huge factor in, in MS. So, tissues, fat tissues release molecules that promote inflammation. So, inflammatory inflama, inflama, response might increase the risk of developing MS. Overweight girls and their parents should create healthy diets and exercise plans with their doctors and boys, too. Say people everything you talk about. Don't, don't point it out to just certain individuals because years later you learn much more. It's like that some of this information I'm looking at comes from 2016, and I know in 2018 there was big changes in how they believed in who was at, more at risk and stuff like that. Two chronic diseases, MS and obesity, are much worse than one. So take charge of the one that is in your control. Low vitamin D levels in the blood have been linked to both the risk of developing MS and MS progression. Earlier studies haven't proved that increasing vitamin D will actually reduce disease activity. Uh, in a study from 2016 to 2018, higher vitamin D supplementation was found that it will reduce the number of people who relapse or slow the rate of relapse and determine any effects on disability. Vitamin D can decrease the number of certain inflammatory cells in the blood and therefore might protect against immune responses that target the brain. Vitamin D supplements are not recommended for patients with certain heart conditions, certain infections, 
or a history of calcium kidney stones. It is important to discuss your individual risk factors and possible benefits with your doctor before adding vitamin D supplements to your diet. Uh, None of these factors is a single cause of the disease. It's clear that not everyone who has MS has been exposed to these factors, nor will everyone who is exposed to these factors develop MS. They provide information in the search for the cause and the cure and provide opportunities just to make your health better no matter what. Uh, stopping and changing those factors are good for everybody for anything it's not going to cure no disease but it's going to make you feel better in the long run and better you feel for the longer period of time the more you can live a more mobile life do things you won't be able to do in the future and you might as well take advantage of it now while you can and with the vitamin D, I know a lot of us take three to 5,000 IUs of vitamin D on average a day. Uh, they do have a high-dose vitamin D tablet, which is 50,000 IUs. I will, when I have it on hand, when my wife has it on hand, I will, I take it t- once a week along with my three to 5,000 IUs that I normally take. So it can, I haven't seen no bad effects from it on my part, but I, everybody's body's different. So check with your doctor before you do it, but just know that those things are out there in higher dosage, dosages. And what the heck, I figure if it's not going to hurt me, it might help me in the long runs have a little more mobility so I take advantage of it. Let's look at old strange sex laws from way back in the day and who knows some of these might still be in effect today but I have no idea. (laughs) In hotels in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, every room is required to have twin beds and the beds must always be a minimum of two feet apart. A couple rents a room for only one night. It is illegal to make love on the floor between the bed. Do they have cameras? Are they watching you? What the hell? (laughs) The owner of every hotel in Hastings, Nebraska, is required to provide each guest with a clean and pressed nightshirt. No couple, even if married, may sleep together in the nude. Nor may they have sex unless they are wearing one of these clean white cotton nightshirts. Doesn't surprise me, though. You hit that Bible belt. There's some strange laws down there. I got a friend that lives in the corner of Arkansas, and he has to go across the the border to Missouri to pick up their alcohol for the month because he lives in a dry dry part of the state. So they can't buy alcohol anywhere. We lived in a town in Minnesota where on Sundays you could own you could not 
purchase alcohol, which is weird because of football and everything. So you have to make sure you get everything earlier in the week or on Saturday. Ordinance in Newcastle, Wyoming, specifically bans couples from having sex while standing inside a store's walk-in meat freezer. (laughs) Hopefully that's a law in every state. (laughs) But apparently someone got busted for it. That's why they got that law there. (laughs) All right, that's it for today. Uh, Check out Crimson Color Comic Club, the AB Combo, uh, Under the Cull. Been... (laughs) episode they're slacking we're trying to everybody's busy things are going on but trying to get keep the episodes going see what happens with the gang uh check them out audio and video versions and other than that be good to yourself be good to everybody else Big Shadow Monster. Uh, I tried to get the word out for March being MS Awareness Month, but apparently the news stations in my state don't don't want to promote it, which is weird since it's an incurable disease that needs attention. But we could use the advertising for it, but we're not getting it. I just don't understand why people wouldn't talk about it. What you gonna do? All I can do is let people know. Take care of yourselves, and we'll maybe get back to you again tomorrow.